I've been watching a lot of whale videos lately. At night, when I'm settling down and calming my mind, I'll open up TikTok and start scrolling, and after a bit, I'll come across underwater footage of a whale. If it's a good one, it'll be synced up with whale calls, which I personally find super haunting, and I'll lay there in the dark and look at these massive creatures and listen to their calls and watch them move in what feels like slow motion. I'll watch them eat with their giant mouths and shoot out of the water to play, and I'll watch them glide overhead and find myself landing in this weird Venn diagram between love and fascination and complete terror. Those things are huge, and their skin is weird, and their shape is weird, and their mouths are absolutely massive, and they are mammals, just like me. And they aren't even the most frightening thing in the ocean. In fact, we may not have even found the most frightening creature in the ocean yet because it's so big and so dark and so deep that we haven't been able to study much of it yet. Stuff down there glows and have long, sharp fangs and tentacles and aren't really affected by gravity. Things down there can be massively huge and can look like anything far beyond our imaginations. The oceans make up 71% of the Earth's surface, and 80% of that is completely uncharted, undiscovered territory. 80%. Now think about this. The diameter of the Earth is about 8,000 miles. That's the distance from one side to the other. And the observable universe is about 93 billion light years across. So it would take light, which we experience as just about an instant. It, uh, that's how fast it travels. It would take light 93 billion years to travel across the entire observable universe. So getting from the sun, just our own sun, to us at the speed of light takes about eight and a half minutes. So passing from one side of our planet to the other, 8,000 miles at the speed of light is just a second. It's just a snap. And that's a second or two compared to 93 billion years traveled at that speed. It's nothing. It's a blip, a grain of sand, less than a grain of sand. We are to the universe what an atom in a grain of sand is to the ocean. So, 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 so small. So imagine what's out there. Amidst the billions of galaxies and solar systems and planets, imagine all the space in between those things. If the creatures of our ocean can be unimaginably bizarre and horrifying, just try, just try to think about what it would be like to see an alien life form. UFO sightings have increased throughout 2020, and information from our government has been released over the past few years that prove that UFO sightings are real. Government officials have testified, footage has been released, and apparently there's a lot more where that came from. Alien abduction stories are harder to prove, but they've been told endlessly throughout history, tracing all the way back to the ancient pyramids hieroglyphics. That's what we're talking about today. Aliens, UFOs, and close encounters of all kinds. Cody. I'm so excited to be talking about aliens today. 
Aliens are one of my favorite kind of horror because all other earthbound creatures, there's restrictions, right? They have like to either breathe air or have gills and breathe air underwater, period. They have to be affected by gravity. They have to have a layer or existence within our physical earth or some dimension directly linked to our physical or mental space as humans. But aliens, my man, alien (laughs) stories have zero limitations. That's what makes my all-time favorite movie, The Thing, so fantastic. The only limitations in that movie were the filmmakers' imaginations, and that was a little too much for people when the film came out. We talked about it at length in our live episode, but I wanted to start today talking about some of our favorite alien movies and what makes them so great. And you watched a couple in preparation for today, right? I did. And, you know, I, I had seen, like, uh, the one that you are a huge fan. Well, I don't know if you are such... I mean, this was one of the early films of your... Like, that kind of scared you, and that was The Fire in the Sky. Yeah, uh, I watched it with my best friend, Craig, and it was, like, the one of the most mortifying experiences of my entire childhood. I watched it a long time ago. It takes place in Arizona in, in the White Mountains, and I remember hearing the story as a kid... Because my friend's grandparents had a cabin up in that area, and so we used to always go out and look up in the sky. And they, all the local town folk, had some sort of story about what went down and and the guy and everything like that. But so then I re- rewatched it, and this is the first time I've seen it in probably I don't know maybe is it would be safe to say like twenty years has it been out? I mean it's probably been twenty years, right? I think it was ninety ninety three or something like that, right? I think so. Yeah, it had to be because I was probably. I think it was because in, in the school. end credits, they're like in 1993, they retook their truth detector test and they all passed. Okay, okay. But it was so weird. Like, I was watching it with Jess and she was like, Is this. She said, It feels like it's something else. Like, it's a conspiracy. Like, she was like thinking there's some sort of. It just has like this weird build. You know? Yeah. So I rewatched it too, which is huge because I was like very literally afraid to watch it the bulk of the movie is this murder mystery right where the guy's missing and they're like you killed your friend and they're like no man no it was aliens i told you right it's almost like the alien thing is the backstory and it's like these guys being and then 30 minutes before the end boom (laughs) <laughs> it gets you. It's a good flick. Terrific sequences. And the thing that kills me, the Muppets are very visibly, the Muppets, the, the aliens are very visibly <laughs> puppets. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they yeah. They yeah, look yeah, like yeah. Muppets yeah. a little bit, but they have these serious faces that just like, if you look too long, they freak you out. Freak you out. There's yeah. something about physical effects. Also, I was kind of, uh, blew me away. D.B. Sweeney reminded me a lot of Paul Rudd. Yes. There were times I was watching, I was like, man, he looks like a lot like Paul Rudd. Yeah, or and I'm Paul very Rudd glad looks it, a lot like him. I'm very glad it wasn't actually Paul Rudd because I think the movie <laughs> would be very different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I so would I'm watch like, the remake with Paul Rudd because, you know, maybe, he still yeah, looks that would be the a good same one. age. It was a good flick. I'm glad I rewatched it. And then you like Signs. Yeah, I love Signs. Signs is a big one of yours. Yeah, we rewatched that recently. And the reason I love Signs so much is because it's just like a zombie movie. It's not about the aliens it's all about this family dynamic and their how they deal with trauma so there's so much meat and potatoes to this movie (laughs) and it's like very quiet right that was the thing i remember from watching it is just like the silence that's the one with joaquin phoenix right 
Joaquin Phoenix and yeah, Mel okay. Gibson. And Mel Gibson was acting in the movie, and, and the first couple of days he was like, and he says this in the behind the scenes, the first couple of days he was kind of phoning it in, doing his Mel Gibson thing, because he's like, I'm a huge star, people know what they want from me, and so he was just doing his normal thing. Yeah. And M. Night Shyamalan comes up to him and whispers in his ear like, come on, man, you're better than this. You got to give me more. And and then he started giving it 110%. And um, Wow. Yeah. I'll have to rewatch that one. It's pretty cool. And even when they got to the point, there's this conversation where they're on the couch and Joaquin Phoenix is like, do you believe in God? Or not do you believe in God, but do you think this is a sign from God? And Mel Gibson gives this speech about there's two kinds of people in the world. And it's this like beautiful, deep moment. They were they got to that scene and Mel Gibson was supposed to be showing the Passion of the Christ at the White House or something like that. And or or one of his or maybe it was We Were Soldiers. One of his like big films of the same time was like being shown at the White House. And they were like, shit, we only have an hour to do this scene. And M. Night was like, let's just push it off. Like, we'll we'll add another production day or something. And Mel Gibson was like, I think I can knock it out. And Joaquin Phoenix was like, yeah, I think so too. And they did one take each. And that was really? it. Really? Yeah. And they just nailed wow. it. Yeah. I don't want to talk the whole time about science because I totally can. But I also watched Independence Day. Oh gosh, that's what the Bill Pullman and the uh, uh, what Will Smith and uh, 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 your friend uh, um, Jeff Gold Goldblum. Uh, yeah, wow, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yikes! Uh, the aliens yes. are. Um, uh, so wait, he did Jurassic mm. Park. He he's dealt with he's dealt with a lot. So he's done aliens and dinosaurs. Yeah, that's Jeff a lot. Mm. That's quite a resume. Old Goldblum yeah, and the fly. There. He was the fly and the fly. That's right. Yeah, I which I actually haven't seen, so I got to watch that one. But it has it's not actually aliens; it just kind of like kind of looks like it. Um, I also watched War of the Worlds, which oh was gosh. a lot of fun. I actually liked it more this time around than I did before. The first time I was like, it's just Dakota Fanning screaming the entire time, but it actually like it was a really fun action flick. And then the ones that I'm most excited about are the Fourth Kind. I'll talk about that That's one first. The one with uh, Mia Jovanovich. Yeah, I think it's Mila. Is it Mila Jovovich? Mandy Patinkin, I think, was the was her like co-psychiatrist. But she's a psychiatrist in Nome, Alaska, where like all these disappearances have been happening. And she finds that like a lot of her people that she's treating are having the same vision of this owl. And when she puts them in hypnosis, they're like screaming and freaking out. And like she's trying to get to the bottom of like exactly what happened. And she comes to the conclusion that it's aliens. And the crazy thing about this movie is that they pair the actors and the scenes that they shot with actual footage from these sessions. So, like, it's real. Oh, okay, okay. So it's, like, almost like a movie within a movie. Yeah, but, the, like, they'll put the on the screen at the same time the actor portraying what's the happening real, and the okay. actual footage of what's happening. And there are things, like, that this guy sits up in bed at one point and, like, starts hovering across the room. And they cut to the actual video. And you see him hover for, like, a second. And then the video no goes, way. like, all contorted and everything and same thing there's like fbi sitting outside her house at one point and they cut to the video of the house and you see for just a, like two frames this giant saucer in the sky and then it gets like an officer run out and it, and you can hear his audio the whole time but it goes like blah, 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 blah. and he's like oh my god it's in the sky it's in the sky it's a really freaky movie fourth kind okay when did you watch that was that like um, just like re I was watching it up and I still had 13 minutes left. I didn't finish it. I started it last night while I was cooking and then was trying to cram it in before 
but I had seen it before. But the fourth kind is refers to the the kinds of encounters, right? You because you watched Close Encounters of the well, Third Kind. I I did the same thing as you did. I was I tried to cram it all in last <laughs> night, <laughs> and I never see you know I've seen like parts of it, but it's like yeah. it's crazy. I, I told Jess because I was like, oh, I got to do some homework this week, and I got we got to watch Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and she's like, oh, that's such a good movie. You've seen it before, right? And I was like, mm, no. She's like. How the hell have you not seen this movie? You've seen like tons of movies, you know, but you've never seen Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And I was like, I mean, I've seen parts of it. I've turned it on in the middle of it and watched parts of it. And then another time I've watched the beginning and then, you know, but I've never watched it all together. Did you finish it? No. I told you it's I, long. It was, it was getting too late and I had to be up early and, you know, the dog. So I was like, oh, man. But I, I was I was completely enthralled. Like I mean, it is so, so good. I haven't seen it in like a decade. I gotta rewatch it. It seems as though I remember like thinking when I saw parts of it, I was like, this movie is like really slow. This movie just like moves very slow. But then after watching it like from start to like middle, I was like, this movie just moves at the perfect pace and it, it's like really good. All right, that's on my list for this week. I'm I'm finishing it tonight. Do you know what the four kinds of uh, contact no. are? So, so the close encounters of the third kind is what? What does that mean? Okay, so uh, uh, an encounter of the first kind is seeing a UFO. Okay, an encounter of the second kind is seeing evidence of alien life, like a crop circle. So okay. that's signs. Third kind is to make contact, and the fourth kind is to be abducted. Oh. Yeah, okay. which brings me to the final movie I watched leading up to this. I watched so, so many movies <laughs> the past couple of weeks. It's great. So I mentioned in my non-episode a couple of weeks ago about my grandfather passing away. That Wednesday, I got a link to the Zoom for the funeral and was able to attend the funeral, which is super cool. And then afterwards, I've always like had this thing about when I attend a funeral, I like to get drunk on whiskey afterwards. It's not about like getting drunk and drowning out the sorrow. It's like celebration, right? It's like cheers to you. Like the first funeral I went to as an adult, I had like a flask with me and I was like kind of sneaking it, but then it kind of came like tradition. So I, Courtney went to bed early and I decided to drink the rest of the whiskey in the house, which wasn't much, and watch an alien movie. And so I Googled, like, what are the top greatest alien movies? And of course, you get Close Encounters of the Third Kind, you get Fire Fire in the Sky, you get E.T., you get Alien, you get Independence Day. And in this list was a movie I had never heard of before called Communion. This movie's incredible. It stars a young Christopher Walken. He and his wife and his son have a cabin out in, I don't know, upstate New York, we'll say. I wasn't really paying attention to those kinds of details. He takes a a friend and his wife up there for the weekend, and they all have this shared experience of these bright lights coming in, and there's, you see as the audience, this alien interaction between Chris Walken and these, there's two kinds of aliens. There's tall, thin ones that kind of look like wacky, whaley, inflatable tube arm mans from like outside the car dealership. They kind of like move around like that a little bit. It's kind of psychedelic. And then there's these short blue ones that look like grumpy, almost like Star Wars characters with like hooded robes. And he has this experience and doesn't really know what happens, but they touch his mind. And then he wakes up in the morning and everyone's like, this thing happened. He's like, we had a shared dream. 
We shared it. <laughs> and they're like, we got to get out of here. And so the rest of the movie is him dealing with the fact that, like, he was abducted and raped by these aliens. And he goes through, like, psychotherapy and does hypnosis and tries to get to the bottom of what actually happened to him. And his portrayal, like, Chris Walken can be off the wall, and he certainly is in this movie at times. But he also gives this very genuine, like, when he's in therapy and they're like, so what happened to you? And he's just sitting there. I won't do too many Chris Walken impressions because it can get cringy. But he's sitting there and genuinely, like, having this recollection of, like, they were blue men. (laughs) Wow. You know, like, he has these moments where he's, like, laughing, but then, like, in pain at the same time. Right, right, right. Okay. And so... The movie is like simultaneously terrifying in the way that Fire in the Sky is, but also at a certain point, he ends up in a dance party with the aliens. What the hell? Yeah, you gotta watch it. It's communion. Amazing. And so is this like, you were saying this is early Christopher Walken, so is this like late 70s, early 80s? I think it's 80s. Okay. I think it's 80s. Let me actually let me Google that real quick because that'd be good to know. You just Googled greatest alien movies or. So it was like, know. yeah, top 10 alien movies and this popped up. It's 1989. Oh, wow. Yeah. I can't. I don't even remember this at all. Well, I highly recommend it. Okay. Hey. Do you like the music in this show? Well, the great news is there's more of it. When we were talking about a reboot, I knew I wanted to work with someone who had a similar nostalgia for the 80s and 90s, but also a forward-thinking love of the future. I found North Innsbruck on Instagram, and it turns out that they're from Minnesota, where I did the majority of my paranormal investigations. Well, long story short, North Innsbruck shared the vision for the show and created the custom tracks you hear throughout haunting season. North Innsbruck dropped a new album called A Delicate Balance, and it's now available everywhere. Link in the description. So, if you like the music we use here, go get lost in it for a little bit. But, uh, finish watching the show first. I got a little bug in here. Uh oh. Are you sure that's a bug? Now here's here, you were talking about earlier. We were talking about the movies, and there's like, you, and you were talking about the, the, all the different encounters. And there, there's like a first encounter, which is you see one. Second encounter is what was what was it's a sign like oh, a crop, crop circles. circle. And then the third encounter is to contact contact, and then the fourth is to be abducted. So have you ever like been was, abducted? <laughs> well, yeah. Have you ever? I laugh, have you ever, but there's have like you ever millions gone to a, a, of people. An, a dance. So then, would the fifth be the dance party, like you were talking about with Christopher Walken? So is the fifth encounter is you get invited to a, a ballroom dance? It must be. Wow, <laughs> wow these aliens yeah. they can dance. Yeah. What do they serve? What's the spread? What's the food? I wonder. And the drinks. I don't know, but I bet it comes out of your butt. <laughs> <laughs> like why? Are, why is it always anal probing? I know. Come on, they could do better than that. But what's your what, what's like? Do you, do you have like a first encounter, second encounter? I mean, have you ever had any sort of like weird? The stuff? only thing 
The only thing I can think of other than uh, remember when we were talking to Karen Warren, I shared about the dream where I was pushing the butter down the, the aisle and the to keep the aliens like coming into the church or something. And then my mom ripped my face off. Other than that dream, I was at a Christian summer camp and there was a sleep under the stars night. And I was with my friends who I had just met. We were all laying like you just have your sleeping bag and then you lay in this giant field where you play capture the flag. So there's no trees or anything, and you're just like looking at the the Milky Way galaxy for the first time in your life as like an 11 year old, you know. And is and, this like where's the location exactly? I mean, you're, um, you're out in the middle of the nowhere, or it was Camp Johnsonburg. I don't know exactly where it is because as like a youth group kid, I never paid attention to where we were going. It's just like cool, yeah, I'll go in I'm nature, pull far out, <laughs> I like skateboarding. <laughs> um, <laughs> So we were laying out under the stars in our little sleeping bags. And I remember having a shared experience with these kids of these three lights coming out. And this is before, like, consumer drones and and all that stuff. This is, you know, the 90s. But seeing three lights in a triangular format, like, come to a certain point in the sky and stop. And then later move away. And there was just enough time for us to be like, wait, do you see that? Wait, is that really happening? Do you see that? That's like three lights. And then went away. Gone. Yeah. That's the closest I've ever gotten. Wow. Okay. What Um, about you? uh, Same. Like I would say a first encounter, you know, growing up in Zona. Remember the, remember the Phoenix lights? Remember Mm -hmm. that big thing that happened? where there was like all these like this light formation that just appeared and people were out like and the, you, you can look it up you can google it and video or and you can see like people recording their that's that stuff and they like sat there yeah it was like a whole bunch of, it was w- very strange in fact kurt russell was flying out of phoenix and headed towards la and he reported it and he you can hear his recording of like contacting i think the airport and saying like hey i got some sort of identified unidentified lights in the sky can you do you know if there's anything in and they were like no nah, we have nothing we're reporting nothing at all dude if there's any actor i trust kurt russell is the it's man kurt russell. absolutely in kurt maybe russell, michael douglas trust. but definitely kurt russell kurt russell i'm going kurt russell over <laughs> over michael md um, yeah true he's probably full of shit yeah absolutely and then sedona you've been to sedona sedona is supposed to be like that there's this vortex and that like there's all sorts of reports of like unidentified like it's a portal it's a place where there is just it's you know huge activity out there but i've never seen anything out there when i was a kid i think the closest thing i ever saw was we were out playing and it must have been during like either winter break or summer break because it was at night and we were out just playing in the streets and it was at night we all kind of like heard this noise and then we saw like this like circular object that was like bright yellow just go off in the horizon we were like did and but we heard it and we all looked in the same direction and we all just saw it just go down and we were like what the hell was that and we didn't i mean and we still like to this day it was just like the strangest thing i don't know what it was uh but that's that's uh that's that's weather balloon it could have been, you know. I mean, but it seemed like it was the. Size so they of the always moon. say it is. Yeah, I know. Or like bog, uh, bog steam or something. So we both watched the documentary, the phenomenon. Which, if people don't know about it, it's a documentary that came out last year, and it's all the actual evidence that we have that UFOs exist. Not necessarily saying aliens exist. At some points, it does, 
but UFOs, unidentified flying objects, exist. And we have all this information from the military and from firsthand people recounting firsthand experiences. And it was pretty mind-blowing seeing all the evidence put in one place of, like, footage out the front of a fighter pilot's window, uh, cell phone footage from a fighter pilot, and then, like, all these at the end. It's not ruining anything because, like, you got to see it to believe it. But at the end, all these kids having this shared experience and retelling this experience of these aliens landing at their school in South Africa taking a couple steps out and telepathically telling them all you're ruining your world with technology. And these kids are in like fourth grade. I don't know where I stand on, on the whole UFO thing. I I definitely like, I would it surprise me if there is like alien life out there. I mean, it's, we're in a huge, huge universe. You know, we think about the ocean and, and how large that is. And we're still discovering like, sea creatures and all that kind of stuff that we've like what the and even like forests we're discovering new monkeys and all that kind of stuff and then the universe is just so vast to think that we're the only ones you you mentioning the ocean is actually a great analogy because i never really thought about this until this exact moment but we always think of aliens as coming from another planet and having built technology to travel through space and time we haven't even thought about what organic creatures might be floating around the dark matter of the universe like the size like if whales are a hundred times the size of us how much larger than us could be something where there is no gravity well all right so planet consuming organic beings uh, right did you see that thing of the uh, like there was on the internet about this like big old whale with his mouth open and just like whoosh, it was off the coast of thailand but anyways i started going down this like freaking and the kayakers like, no no were you talking about the whale um, where it's like that almost ate the, the kayakers? No, what the kayakers? <laughs> yeah, no. so there's this. I, I'm, I've been on TikTok a lot. There's um, this video. The people are fine, so it's okay to watch. Um, but the, there's this kayaker taking video, and then another kayaker over there, and this whale comes up and basically consumes the person in the kayak, and then they pop right back up. Oh my! But it was gosh. like most terrifying moment of their life, I'm sure. Oh my! <laughs> I would think. Uh, no, there was like this whale that just like has his mouth open and then it's just catching fish and those fish just like jump into the mouth and then closes his mouth and just has a mass feeding. But speaking of TikTok, I went down like dark, I mean, I went down dark internets. I went down dark web looking at all this kind of stuff because you were talking about, well, in the, the movie, the phenomenon, they talk about like a lot of this military stuff. And so I just started like reading all these articles. I ended up on, I'm a grown ass man, Josh. I what? ended up I ended up on TikTok. I don't have an account, but I was I was watching something on TikTok. There's this kid who uh I, I watched it and he was talking about and I've heard this theory before, I'm sure you have, about like uh the pyramids and how like oh it was you know, there was definitely aliens. There's no way I've been to the pyramids and when you see them and the size of those bricks and you think about like slaves building the pyramids, it's it seems kind of crazy. The the, they're like up to your neck, some of the smaller ones, when you're standing next to them, and as wide as like my room. I've seen the pyramids, obviously, but not in person. I've watched a lot of documentaries and like where they try to, uh, you know, they try to. I wonder how how did this how did the slaves do this? Let's see. Let's and so they try to reenact and be like, well, these were the tools that were available. And oh it's yeah, like, and they've got like impo- hundreds of trees, you yeah. know, like tree logs. And it's like. <laughs> No way! And then they're like going. I mean, it's still. So what'd you find out? 
So, uh, so this guy, and I've heard the the uh, you know the thing, oh, you know, aliens and aliens, but I didn't know this stuff. So it's the they're built right in the center, mathematically in the center of the Earth. The 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 pyramids are like the coordinates are right on the center of the Earth. So that must mean the Egyptians knew the Earth was round, <laughs> which okay. at that point in time, how the hell would they have known that? And they must have known the circumference and they must have known everything to have this, you know, set up perfectly. So it would be the center of the earth, which is, I mean, okay, that's, so like that's mind weird. boggling. Yeah. Maybe well, that's could a, be a coincidence, but also the, the coordinates, speaking of the coordinates, it's the same exact as the speed of light. So like the number I, I, milliseconds, I, I, I'm going to just hew off like a couple of uh, numbers here and this is going to be ridiculous, but Two nine nine seven nine two four five eight milliseconds is the speed of light or whatever. The coordinates for uh, the pyramids two nine point nine seven two four five eight. It's exactly the same. How the hell <laughs> does that line up? And then like the, some of the hieroglyphics inside of the pyramids, like show like these godlike beings coming down to the earth, and then teaching the Egyptians the importance of irrigating the soil. And then across over in South America in Aztec, Aztec pyramids, it's, they have the same stuff in their like Aztec stuff, on like the hieroglyph, hieroglyphics out there. Same stuff where there's like a higher being coming down, teaching them the importance of irrigation. How the hell do they're across, you know, hello, South America, Egypt, Theory, okay. what we call aliens is actually God. And here's where I'm going with it, right? Okay. I have It's a very short theory because I'm just making it up right now. In um, The Fourth Kind, there's a moment where they're like trying to translate what the aliens are saying in the recordings of these like therapy sessions where it's like coming out of the mouth of the people. And it's the oldest like Sumerian language of all, you know, human existence that doesn't even really exist anymore. And one of the things that happens later in the film is you hear the alien and you see it translated on screen, I am God. And so the numbers of the pyramids being built directly in the middle of the earth, plus, um, what was the second number? The oh, speed oh, of light. Speed of light. And things about our universe and about our immediate uh, you know, galaxy and our immediate earth, I'm going to botch this because... I, I'm pulling it from memory, but th the reason that the moon can perfectly block out the sun for an eclipse is because the distance between the earth and the moon is exactly five times the distance between, or exactly X amount, the distance between the moon and the sun. And the moon is exactly that same, you can use that same math between the size of the moon and the sun and it all adds up to cover every exact millimeter of in a in an eclipse. Yeah, mind blowing. And I didn't even get most of the information out of my mouth. Um, so that's funny you say that the Sumerian language and all this kind of stuff. There's a couple of uh, other theories I read online that that some people say. And it's it's funny that we talk about Egypt and these ancient civilizations. There's a couple of theories out there that these scientists believe that actually. They're extinct. There was alien 
life forms out there. But this is very apt, like 2020. They self annihilated. They killed themselves off. <laughs> oh, so which apparently that's yeah, what, right in the process of doing. Yeah, that right, exactly. So that's what advanced, I guess, advanced uh, civilizations do is they kill themselves off. They they self annihilate, and so Hell yeah, they, we're they advanced, theorize, dude. <laughs> we're well on our way. So that they they uh, they they they're extinct. They self annihilated. Or the other theory is to flip that is maybe they're just too young. They're like us, and they can't make that contact you know to to us and we can't make our contact to them but then and this this is where it gets like very i end up like a dog chasing its tail and i just my you know i can't get my head around it but also if they're 200 billion light years away what does that do for time so if they yeah. come, like it's it's like a time travel, are they going to be coming into a different? So world? most of what I understand about time and space comes from the movie Inception, but uh, or not Inception, um, Interstellar. But what I understand about that is that Chris Nolan worked really closely with NASA to like get the facts right, and traveling at the speed of light, you're aging the same you would on Earth, but the people on Earth who are observing you are aging faster. So like while you might be experiencing days, people on earth might be experiencing weeks or months. And it also changes when you get closer to a black hole. So like there's this scene in Interstellar where they go down to this planet that's like within the event horizon of, or or on the verge of being in the event horizon of a black hole, which is the point of no return. And while they're down there, every hour is a year or something like that. And so they get stuck down there or no, every minute is a week or something adds up to where they get stuck down there for an hour and they come back to the spaceship and the guy who's been waiting for them, it's been seven years. So like time, time and space work differently depending on the speed that you're moving and where you are. So if there are planets that like we, you know, go around our sun at a certain trajectory, right. And it's very, very, very fast but there might be planets that are rotating around their sun even faster. And so their time, they might be progressing faster. So it's like the idea that like, I don't know if you've ever seen, I don't know where the exact story comes from, but like there's the Simpsons episode that obviously like a lot of their stuff comes from great science fiction where like in the person puts life into the Petri dish and that it becomes like a civilization overnight and, and it's progressing so quickly that they then, you know, they see eventually the scientist is God yeah, and they, yeah. they create, you know, the ability to launch rocket ships up and everything. And it's all happening in like the span of a couple of days and then their existence fizzles out and dies. The only thing I can think of is like Back to the Future where they go back into 1955 and then he runs out of gas or anything and he's got like, oh man, what do I do now? You know, and then, like, he's got to go find Doc Brown and be like, I need some sort of... And he's like, how did you do, you do this through, like, nuclear energy? We, we don't have that in 1955. Yeah, it's plutonium. It's not gas. Yeah. That yeah, would have exactly. been an easy solve. Right. would have just gone to the gas station and been like, weird gar, huh? Yeah. End of movie. <laughs> <laughs> Roll credits. But so then, if like, what would happen if, uh, like, some sort of alien comes traveling and they're like, whoops, we're out of... Uh, you guys got anything? We, we're kind Area of 51. Out of our... <laughs> Area 51? Yeah, because that's that's supposed to be where the like, uh, what was it in the 60s, the 50s, yeah. uh, you know, apparently aliens landed here. We got their ship and it's in Area 51. 
And then also the, the, we've got like the, the like autopsies or something like that. I don't know. I don't know yeah. about that. And if you I go, if you watch Independence Day, they they bring that up, and they're like, the aliens are coming back. That that was their scout ship, and it never worked until the mothership was there, and then it starts hovering again. And you're like, oh, the mothership is what gives all of these ships power. Okay, mothership connection. You were talking. Speaking of Area 51 and government kind of stuff, I guess there's like when we were talking about it a little bit earlier, there were videos that were released. Uh, I think from the Navy where they're like, these guys are like freaking out and they're like, what is this thing? It's moving at some sort of like speed. It's moving at, you know, in different directions. We've never seen anything like this. Unidentified aerial phenomena is what they call it. So with that stimulus package that we got back in December, apparently a portion of that is going into research and there's tons of footage apparently from like FBI, CIA, all this kind of stuff about unidentified aerial phenomena. So this is the one thing, this is the one thing Trump has ever done that I've been like, <laughs> that's cool. Is, I know, I know. That's I, cool. I, I, Even I, Space Force, I think, is a horrible idea. I don't think, yeah. I don't think we should have wars. Period. No. Let right. alone have them in space or have the ability to attack from space. I think that's asinine. But this but, is long overdue. This is yeah, long and he's overdue. he's it. There's a, a thing in there that's like in a, in 80 days or 180 days or something. They have to release all of the information. The government has to release all the information they have about UFOs. Period. Everything. And that was, I think, established in December. So it should be coming out like maybe what if if that's like 180 days, that's like six months possibly. So by this summer, yeah. we should be getting like, I mean, who knows what's going to be released? I mean. It, like, does this prove that there is there are aliens? I think so. Absolutely, Joshua. I absolutely know. But I think they're, like, worried, like, oh, sh- you know, what does Russia have? Could these be, like, you know, Chinese? I think it's more of, like, security. But who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Well, and it's- no one knows what happens in North Korea. What if they've, like, this whole time had spaceships and they're just like, <laughs> oh, here's <laughs> a fake shop. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, why it's yeah. all, like, fake there. I don't know, but that that will be a great opportunity for us to bring up aliens again because I feel like we've just barely scratched the surface and we're hitting a pretty long episode. Um, so we should probably should probably wrap up. Oh man! I, I'll, I'll just say, uh, can I just do one more? Just yeah, one more. Please. Okay. So this Harvard yes. professor claims that. Remember? Okay, back in 2017, real quick. 2017. Do you remember this this thing like this cigar shaped thing that was like spotted? And people were like, oh, what yeah. the hell is that? It was it was trending. It was like quite a big thing. Well, a lot of uh, scientists and everyone said, oh, it's just a comet. It's just a comet. Well, this Harvard professor said, uh, no, that that's not – comets aren't like shaped like that. Also, it's movements They because it went towards the sun, and apparently the sun takes stuff in, and then it slowly oh, yeah. kicks it out. Well, this thing went, got sucked in, but then it hightailed out. It hauled ass out and moved at a speed that is like not seen when the sun sucks something in and then lets it go. This thing, so he says this. Well, this was, this was extraterrestrial. He's got a book that I think came out in February. I think what it's called like extraterrestrial, uh, the first sign of intelligent life. So if you're if you're into this kind of stuff and you want to read it, it's by uh, Avi Avi Loeb is his name. Cool. And he's a Harvard You know, I, yeah. I really respect what Chaz did as, like, a, a normal human being on this earth. But when, there's something about, like, when a Harvard professor or, like, someone who studied in Ivy League school is like, no, um, I'm wearing tweed and I'm going to tell you the <laughs> truth. <laughs> yeah. And they come out and they, they say something. Yeah. Then you're, and we then need you're both. Like, and we, we need absolutely both. do. We so do. you should absolutely go read Chaz's book about the it's friendship. It's fascinating. Yeah. 
And then maybe balance it out with this Harvard professor's theory about hot dog shaped UFOs. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Josh, it's been fun. It's been real. Yeah. It's been fun. And it's been real fun. Ah! Hunting Season was created by me, Joshua Sterling Gregg. Produced by Greg Holdsman and Jessica Richmond. And executive produced by Matt Gielen, Patrick James Lynch, and Ryan Gielen. And is a joint production of Believe Limited and Matt Gielen. This episode was written and hosted by Cody Dugan and Joshua Sterling Bragg. It was edited by Colby Crow. And select music in this episode was made exclusively for the podcast by North Innsbruck. If you like our show, please subscribe on your favorite platform. We have a video version of the show on YouTube and Facebook. Facebook and audio versions on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Is that good? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs>